In business, you rarely hear the expression for life. You make a purchase for a product, for a service, and, and there's, a, there's a time frame there. Well, that's not the case with Awaken 180 weight loss. Allow me to explain. You know, a year ago, I started with Awaken 180 weight loss and had incredible success losing weight. But you can lose all the weight in the world and not keep it off. And what good is it? That's why I have support for life from Awaken 180. Yeah. I mean, I go back for check-ins and make sure everything's going smoothly. But if I ever had a problem, the counselors are there to get me back on track. Why don't you do what I did and call for a consultation? 844-346-1800. 844-346-1800. Or go to Awaken180WeightLoss.com. Some people celebrate the holidays, but you, you dominate the holidays. You deck the halls, the mantle, and anything else that will stand still. You deserve a bold, cold brew that's as festive as you. Topped with creamy cookie butter cold foam, covered in cookie butter crumbles, and perfectly pairable with our new cookie butter donut, Dunkin's Cookie Butter Cold Brew is a delicious match for your decked out domination. America runs on Dunkin'. Present participation may vary. Limited time offer. Terms apply. The Dad DeLorean Podcast. Because parenting is a complicated profession. Well, hello and welcome to episode 31 of the Dad DeLorean podcast. This is our Baskin-Robbins episode, I guess. Maybe I need to go get ice cream later today. Huh? I don't know. Uh, yeah, anyway, uh, happy to have you back after a brief hiatus last week. I apologize. I didn't do a great job of communicating exactly what was going on, but last week was a very busy week with me for the day job. And long story short, I have one particular issue that I've been working on that I've got open basically about 25 times, so... Uh, yeah, it's a long, more detailed explanation than that, but suffice to say, it's been busy, and uh, we're finally getting to the point where it slowed down. On top of that, this week, the boys are with Nana and Pappy, and they actually came up over last weekend, and so it just was not a great time to be recording, and so I just did not ever get the episode recorded, but we've got plenty to talk about this week, so... Uh, yeah, the first thing, this week with the boys, it's been a very interesting kind of thing. One really great story was uh, particularly with the, there's been question of who's the smartest in the household. And uh, let me kind of give you a preface to uh, tell you how we uh, got to this particular discussion. So uh, as many of you probably know, I think I've told stories in the past, we have Clanker who is a character in one of the boys' books called Beep, Beep, Go to Sleep. If you are looking for a good reading children's book with great artwork, that is one of my personal favorites, and uh, that is one that we've had for the boys for a while. We bought it at a bookstore down here in Newburgh called uh, Chapters, and it's it's just a fun little story about a boy trying to put his robots to sleep, and they keep needing things. Like, you know, you, it's like you would expect with a three-year-old kind of thing, like... I need this, I need that sort of thing. And so it, it, it was a really cute story. We have that, and uh, it was one of those just really fun ones. Well, we made the voice on the uh, baby monitor be Clanker. It's nine times out of ten me. Also, there is Clankette, who is also available. That would be Mom. But uh, regardless, it's one of those things, it's kind of like, I think this will be more disappointing than Santa Claus when Alton officially owns up to the fact that he knows that Clanker is just dad 
at this point he does not seem to want to give up that illusion but it's one of those things like he kind of has those moments where you wonder does he know or does he, he know because he'll sometimes refer to me as clank i mean dad and all of that stuff when he comes into our room but he's not quite given up on clanker at this point and so he wants to talk to clanker every night before bed and the other night we had him in bed i'm sitting there doing my clankerly duties and completely unprompted alton in the middle of our conversation goes hey clanker do you know who the smartest person in our family is and immediately i go oh no this is gonna be good no mr alton uh who is your smartest person in your family i am like just beaming ear to ear to himself about this because he somehow figured out that he's the smartest person in the family <laughs> and I don't go right back into talking to him because I'm too busy just absolutely busting up laughing. Because don't get me wrong, our son is incredibly smart. Both of our boys are incredibly smart. Almost to the point where it's a little bit scary how smart these youngsters are getting at this point. But <laughs> I'm just going, oh my gosh. We, we, there, there was no prompting to this. We hadn't had any conversations about anybody in the house being smarter than anybody else. Anything like that. We have no idea how he decided that he was the smartest one in the family, but I start quizzing him a little bit. Well, um, what, or do you know? And I'd start asking him things. He's like, well, no, I don't know that. Okay, well, what about this? Well, no, I don't know that. What about this? No, Clanker, I don't know that. Well, then how are you the smartest one in the family? Well, because I have really good ideas. Okay, like what? Well, I can't think of them right now, so... Like, this whole conversation goes on and eventually wound up getting to the point where I told him, have you ever beaten your father in trivia? Well, no. I would venture to guess your brother, or your father would probably beat you and your brother in trivia if you were to go there. And that is a test of knowledge. This was a couple weeks ago. Well, fast forward to this week. This week, Alton, for some reason, did not want to go to his Sunday school class and decided that he wanted to go to Sunday school with mom and dad and when we're in Sunday school, our pastor actually does a trivia quiz at the beginning of the thing. And it's nothing, like, exceptionally hard most of the time. Like, he'll usually toss a Disney question or two in there, that sort of thing. And so this week, Alton was sitting in on the trivia quiz. And it's just a little 10-question quiz. And Alton actually did get three of the questions on it right. Daddy got eight of the ten right. So, um, yeah. At that point, afterwards, I was like, so, how many did you get right? Three? He's like, yeah. I'm like, Daddy got eight right. Oh. Does that mean that you're smarter than Daddy? Uh, <laughs> like, you could tell that he was trying not to admit to the fact that his father had outsmarted him and beaten him at trivia. So, uh, it was it, it was really quite humorous. And, you know, it's one of those things I don't want to, like, break them down and be like, oh, you're so dumb. Because my kids are definitely not dumb. But... <laughs> He's four, and he already thinks he knows everything there is to know. Well, I know a lot. And, like, trying to give me advice on what he thinks is wrong with my car, and, like, there's just so many things that he just will pop up, and he's got an opinion on things. And I'm sure Austin is probably going to grow up to be kind of the same way. And it it's just, I mean, they're, they're boys. They are incredibly smart little boys that are going to cause much mischief, but they're also... I think they're going to grow up to do big things, and I think every parent, in a way, expects that from their kids. But I think that they're going to just be really intelligent boys, and they might 
probably, I would not doubt it if either one of them or both of them wind up being smarter than me. And that's, I mean, that is what it is. Like, I, to a certain extent, I think at some point down the line, they'll probably surpass me. But that's been, that's been kind of our fun this last week. Right now, they are down with Nana and Pappy for the week. They come back Saturday. And this has kind of become an annual thing for us where her, my wife's parents will take the boys. Like, actually, last year, it was just one of the boys. But... Like, it's now both of the boys get to go down with Nana and Pappy for a week and spend a week down there, and it kind of gives Amanda and I a little bit of a break to kind of recharge and just have some fun with just the two of us and, you know, get things done that we might not otherwise be able to get done. At some point this week, we need to go through the boys' toys and purge some of them and get through that. But, you know, we went out We last night, got dinner at... Uh, the Gustav's Bar Garden down in Kaiser, and then just wandered around the Kaiser Shopping Center down there, and you know, picked up a few different things at a few different places. You know, walked through World Market, went through Michaels, went through the massive Target down there. Which, by the way, if you have never been to the Target in Kaiser, let me tell you that is an experience unlike any other Target in the Portland Metro area. Like, I don't even know how to describe it. Like, they have one of their like disney themed sections in the toy section but it is massive like i i seem to remember there was like a great lend target or great something like it's basically like target's version of super walmart in other states like i've never seen one in oregon but i think the one that we have here in kaiser is about the closest that it comes to that like it's a very large store to the extent that I've never seen one in Oregon that I think quite compares. Maybe the one at Portland International Airport, but honestly, the last time I was in that Target that I can remember was on our wedding day when we stopped to pick up a couple things before going back to our hotel after the wedding ceremony. So uh, that really, like, I wasn't paying a whole lot of attention to the Target out there. And if I have been there since then, I honestly don't remember it. So yeah, it's, it's quite the experience to go to that particular target down there. But, you know, we're going to do some stuff like we are going out with another couple at some point. Actually, I think we're having couple, dinner with a couple different couples at some point this week. I'm not sure which days and all that. But it is something where we are getting to spend time with other adults and get some time maybe watching television where it's not something directed towards our children. And, yeah, just like... It's been it's been a good couple of days so far. I this week decided to take half days on Monday through Thursday and then I'm off on Friday and that's really it's one of those things that I am excited about because like I there's been some long weeks the last few weeks with work and so getting to a point where I can look at it and go okay, I'm in a good position. I am absolutely going to uh, take some time here and kind of recuperate and use some of my PTO up. And that was I think a big thing for me this week and not having to have my entire day because it's been, it's been, there's been days when I've been working until after six in some cases. And so kind of getting to the point where it's not a big deal anymore. That's been kind of my fun thing this week. So we are going to go ahead. We're going to head to our first break. When we come back, we are going to discuss what we've been streaming the last couple of weeks. And that is going to include a very lengthy discussion of Loki thus far. And big surprise coming later in the episode that I want to tell you about. But until then, stay tuned. And we're back. Thanks again so much for tuning into the Dad DeLorean podcast. And so this week in streaming, or the last two weeks in streaming, 
I think the big one that I'm going to start off with this week is going to be The Bad Batch, because The Bad Batch, if you've not watched it yet, I would definitely recommend getting in on it. We are 11 episodes deep now with The Bad Batch, and this most recent episode was possibly the least Bad Batch-centric one, although it is definitely setting up to be very Bad Batch-centric in the next episode. But... This week's focus was a little bit less on where the Bad Batch was, what they were up to, and it was a lot more on the impact of the galaxy overall in an era where people are getting sick of war and are finally at a point with peace. And you had a revisit to Ryloth, where you get to meet Sham Sandula as well as his wife, who, if you remember from the Clone Wars, were freedom fighters for Ryloth during that period, and also, you find out later on, are the parents of Harris and Dula, who is part of the group in Rebels. And so, if you haven't guessed it at this point, I will tell you right now, you are going to get your first glimpse of Hera as a child. And one thing that I'm confused by on this one is, in watching this episode, child Hera is hanging out with Chopper, which is great, but Child Hera is apparently still voiced by Vanessa Marshall and does not sound like Vanessa Marshall playing Hera as an adult or even like, you know, there's two basic versions of Hera's voice that you get. You get the one that's the most common kind of Americanized accent and then you get the other one that has the, I think it's almost like an Eastern European accent to it when she speaks to her father in the show. So it's very... It's very interesting to kind of hear her voice and not think, oh, that's her voice. Now, this is coming in the same series that brought us Freddie Prince Jr. playing Caleb Doom as a child when he was still a Padawan and him sounding like grown man Freddie Prince Jr., a.k.a. Um, oh, I'm blanking on his other name. Um Kanan Jarrus. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, that shouldn't take me as long as it did. But uh, so that was the one thing I I went online on IMDb. As soon as I heard the voice, I'm like, that can't be a Vanessa Marshall. And I looked it up and it turns out that it is. So Vanessa Marshall has some uh, range to her voice and was able to pull off young Hera without sounding like old Hera. So uh, Freddie Prince Jr. takes some notes there. Like, I love you, dude. I, I'm not at all disappointed by your appearance in it. I just was like, he sounds a lot older than he should, given the fact that he's a Padawan at this point. So, it's interesting. So basically, at this point, we've now kind of established the base of Rebels, as it were, with Caleb and Hera both appearing at different points in the show. And I think it just goes to show, if nothing else, Dave Filoni really likes intertwining all of these series. And I am, for one, completely okay with it. I think that the fact that you were able to bring to life a live-action version of everyone's favorite not-a-Jedi-slash-Jedi Ahsoka Tano bringing in the Mandalorians. Like, there's just so much that he has done with the franchise as a whole that I think has benefited Disney. I mean, looking today, there for season two of The Mandalorian was 24 Emmy nominations, which is huge. Do I think that they're going to win any of them? Uh, if the critics who vote on this sort of thing are any indication, probably not. But honestly, it's one of those things that I'm just not surprised by it anymore. Because usually anything that a critic is going to be voting on and like and 
I think critics are the ones that vote on the Emmys. I could be totally wrong. I've never actually looked into their methodology. But anything that they typically like is not something that I'm going to enjoy. And so it's one of those things that because I enjoyed The Mandalorian so much that I also feel like they're not going to give it a whole lot of love. They might get something here or there. It might be a technical Emmy, something like that. But regardless, I don't have a whole lot of hope for them, but holy cow, 24 Emmy nominations. And just not jumping out of that universe into another universe really quick, WandaVision had 23 Emmys. I will be interested to see who wins on that. Am I going to tune in for them? No, honestly, uh, I've never been a fan of watching award shows. Like, I just don't get the point, and they're just not that interesting to me. But I will be interested to see if any of the shows that I enjoy did actually win Emmys. Not because it makes me decide whether or not I'm going to tune in, but more because I like seeing the hard work that the people that are working on it get rewarded, even if it's something as dumb as a shiny object that we've given significance to. What good does Emmys really provide to the substance of a show? Probably not much. Like, the accolades are nice, but in the end, like, I would rather see a quality show that never gets an Emmy nomination than something that gets an Emmy nomination that I thought was just awful. So, that is where I'm at on it. But regardless, so Disney is set into a position where they could be walking away with a ton of hardware, depending on how this goes. And uh, that's a big deal, particularly because there's both streaming shows. This isn't something where it was on the air first and now it's come about in getting awards. So it's really signifying a shift because now we are looking more and more at the streamer's content. It used to be just, well, that's web content. And now this is actually legitimate television for the people who are in charge of those sorts of decisions. So that is, regardless, kind of where I'm at on it, the... I will be very interested to see, because of where that episode left off, it was a cliffhanger. Really, you get a very brief cameo of the Bad Batch, where they are bringing weapons to Sham's um, associate, Gobi, who is getting weapons even after those on Ryloth had given up their weapons, because he understands that there's probably going to be more fighting, and disarming was not the best idea for them. So, But Sham is at the point where he is tired of war and ready for peace and you can tell that he's trying to convince himself that this is what they want even though it is something where he is not necessarily i think completely trusting of it and you can tell that his wife too is actually in a position where she doesn't believe this peace is going to last because she knows what gobi is doing as well and has been encouraging hera to uh give her the details too so it's it's going to be interesting to see how it all plays out where it leaves off hera is on the run after her father is being framed for an attempt on the life of their senator and that is all thanks to our good friend uh i almost called him deadshot i think suicide squad somehow popped into my head that's not who i mean um crosshair crosshair does a well-placed bolt. I don't think that they actually killed the senator because if I remember correctly in the timeline, he winds up getting killed later. And so I don't think that they're going to tinker with that. It's just an attempt on the life of. So I think he is at this point just stunned, but we don't really see him get up by the end of the episode. So, but the next episode is going to be returning to Ryloth and I am sure is going to be sending the batch in to help extricate Hera and possibly even her parents. 
I'm going to give you guys my thought on this. I think, and this is something my wife has also brought up, and she actually, I think, was the one who said it first. She and I are both kind of of the opinion. We're probably going to see how Hera's mother dies in this particular little story arc. And I think that is going to be kind of what pushes Hera to become the rebel that she is. You get to see her love of ships very early on. She gets to fly them. She doesn't get to land them at this point in her life. And she has a really great interaction with Omega where she winds up going and exploring the Batch's ship because she'd never seen anything like it, and it blows her mind. And so she talks to Omega, and like they have this moment at the end where her Hera has left, and Omega says, she's weird. I like her. And so I'm hoping that that means that maybe we'll get some more interaction with her and Hera at some point, and maybe even dare I say that we get live action Hera and possibly live action Omega later on. Like I think the story of Omega is not something that Dave Filoni is telling by chance. I think that there will be something tying into the Mandalorian and its various spinoffs later on that we just haven't seen yet. And so I will be very interested to see where that all comes into play, but it, it Filoni does nothing by chance. Like it's just not something he does. Like there's usually seeds planted that may go back many years and he'll go back and pull something out of that, that you're just like, Oh, I didn't see that coming. And so I'm, I'm excited to see where bad batch goes on this. Next thing that we have watched recently is the, most recent two episodes of Loki, and oh my goodness. So where we left off in the episode two weeks ago, Loki gets pruned, and Sylvie winds up getting the upper hand on Ravana and saying, you're going to tell me everything. And then Loki wakes up and realizes he's not dead. In fact, he's in some weird purgatory kind of place. And when he wakes up, he is greeted by not one, not two, not even three, but four other Loki variants. And one of them, I've been predicting this the entire time we were coming up to this, and it was confirmed very quickly, was none other than Richard E. Grant, who, if you don't remember, was the one who shot the, uh, oh... I keep wanting to call him Ron Weasley in Star Wars, and that's not who it is. Like, the red-haired guy, um, oh, General Hux, General Hux, oh my gosh. Like, I don't know why it was that I couldn't remember his name, but anyway, the one who shot him when he finds out that he's the traitor, that was Ben, that was who was playing old Loki, and then you have other variants, that, like, the Loki who boasts, who's a black Loki wielding a hammer like Thor. You have the kid Loki, and then you have Crocodile Loki, which by itself is just like, wait, Crocodile Loki? What, what is going on? I'm confused here. And that was where the episode left off, is him waking up with the group of them and going, um, what the heck is going on here? So the next episode, we get into... Sylvie trying to figure out what happens with all of this stuff and figuring out that it basically gets sent to this void place that is kind of at the end of time, as it were. And it's basically where the TVA dumps things. They can't outright destroy things, it turns out. They basically dump them into this spot at the end of the timeline, and there's nothing allegedly existing beyond there, except for a giant cloudy monster that apparently eats and destroys anything and everything that it gets its hands on there. 
Well, uh, long story short, Sylvie figures out who that Ravana is playing her this entire time, and so she winds up self-pruning and finding the other Lokis, who, by the way, are sitting in a bowling alley with a bunch of other stuff, including a very brief, you blink and you'll miss it, it's Frog Thor, which Frog Thor is about the weirdest thing that you could possibly think to put in here. My wife said that this episode most recently bordered on as crazy as Legends of Tomorrow, which is not something that she necessarily enjoyed how crazy it got, but they were able to reel it back in. But Loki goes to leave to try to find his way out and try to find a way to defeat the big shadow monster that nearly eat him, eats them at the beginning of the episode. And come to find out, there is a whole bunch of other Lokis, including Vote for Loki and another group of them. And they all betray each other. And then this absolute bananas fight between all of the Lokis breaks out in the bowling alley. And Loki, along with old Loki, kid Loki, and croc Loki, all take off and leave. Going back to Frog Thor briefly, though. Apparently, Chris Hemsworth actually recorded the line for Frog Thor, which was really just him going, ah, trying to get, because he's in a jar trying to get to Mjolnir, but it is a literal frog dressed up as Loki, or not Loki, it's dressed up as Thor, and just a little bit away from Mjolnir, and he just can't reach it to be able to, you know, break out. Super bizarre. Fantastic that Chris Hemsworth actually recorded dialogue for a frog version of his character. But, um, yeah, that was that was a really fun reveal. Then you find out Sylvie got there. Sylvie is running from the big smoke monster and gets saved by a guy in a pizza car who turns out to be Mobius, who also got pruned during the last episode. And they all go and take off for to try to find Loki. They wind up coming up with a plan where Sylvie is going to actually charm this random savage beast that they figure out is protecting whoever is behind the TVA. And they go to do it, and they almost get taken out by it, and then old Loki performs a huge, like, massive vision of... Asgard that distracts the monster long enough that he can make the heroic sacrifice, which, uh, by the way, called it Richard E. Grant coming in there as old Loki and sacrificing himself, which was character development for just a little bit that you got him because you find out that basically the reason that old Loki exists is because in his timeline, he actually used a convincing illusion to make Thanos think that he had killed Loki when in fact he had escaped and then gone to his own planet and lived a nice long life without anything before he got lonely and then he got pruned. So uh, that was that was a very interesting kind of take on it just to kind of see what if Loki had gotten to the point where he was old and wizened and all of that and I really enjoyed the, his take on the character but the whole episode led up to them charming this beast and they do it and the cloud splits and it reveals a castle and then we cut to the credits and we don't know where this castle is we don't know who's in the castle and you know there's the whole thing about you're kind of worried that it's going to be like falcon and the winter soldier as well as uh wandavision where like there's been the rumors percolating for all of these months about what's coming next Maybe it's Mephisto. Maybe it's Mephisto. Well, with Loki, it's been Kang the entire time. That Everybody's like, maybe it's Kang. Maybe it's Kang. 
And the last two plot twists that they have figured out, more specifically the fact that Wanda was basically in control of the whole thing going on there and that really Agatha was it all along. Like, it was... It was okay, but it was one of those things where you definitely didn't feel like it had the same gravitas as if, you know, you find out that really Mephisto was really behind all of this. And then on top of that, with Falcon and the Winter Soldier, the reveal that Sharon Carter is actually the power broker. Both of those, they were okay twists, but it wasn't really, I think, what anybody was expecting. And they didn't think they were great twists. So we're kind of preparing for some disappointment to it but at the same time like they've done such an exceptional job with the rest of the show that it's really hard to think that they would screw that up because <laughs> what we don't want is to get to the end of the episode and find out that oh by the way yeah this whole thing with loki uh, loki's actually behind it like you know you think it's going to be kang the conqueror going through time and all of this stuff and no no like Loki is behind it and you're just like wait no not another variant or what if Mobius is behind it like that could almost work as a twist but at the same time like why like you don't have any great motivation you don't have anything to go oh okay I understand what's going on here like the one thing that somebody threw out there that was a plausible slash I don't want it necessarily to be the case because I want them to go a different direction with it but I can understand how it could potentially work is the idea that Sylvie has another variant there. And so, like, and it was a really kind of convoluted theory, but basically that her actual nexus moment took place later in her life. And so the TVA instead tried to prune her when she was just a little girl, which then winds up turns turning into her going and trying to burn it down. And so... In her version, her Nexus event never actually existed. However, Ravana went back and took care of her, or tried to take care of her before her Nexus event, and that backfired because now she's behind the TVA. Like, it'll be... Uh, it'll be interesting to see how this all pans out. I cannot wait for that episode to drop tonight, but that has been kind of the thing that we're kind of all, like, dreading, is this has been such a phenomenal show, and over the top in ways that I would never have expected them to be able to pull off. I mean, a multi-Loki fight in a bowling alley, like, that was absurd to the point of being crazy, and I loved every minute of it. But I don't want them to do what they have done in the past and get to that ending note and just be like, well, here it is, and just be like, no, seriously, like, Ralph Boner? That's the guy's name? Ugh, okay. So that is what we are waiting on for tonight, is what is going to happen with Loki. We've also been keeping up with a little bit of the nanny as far as, you know, going back and watching some of the episodes. My wife's been watching more of them without me when I'm not actually watching. But it, it's been, you know, getting those moments where I get to kind of remember some of the fun with that. I also last night went to bed early and put on Frasier to... Uh, help myself fall asleep something about kelsey Grammer's tone is a uh, very very soothing and so i decided to do that and then i was reminded that apparently there is going to be a revival of fraser coming on uh cbs all access which i will be interested to see how that pans out i think it's going to be when they get to that point if it is something that they wind up doing 
or it sounds like they are doing it and they've got plans for it. It's just a matter of actually shooting it. But it sounds like it might be a kind of a spin on Frazier moving in with his dad. Or Frazier's dad moving in with him, I should say. But instead, Frazier will maybe moving in with Frederick and seeing how that all plays out now that Frederick is older and has kids and all that. Like, I think it'll be an interesting thing. Like, I've always loved the character of Frazier. I think he was a very, like... It was very fun to see how he played out, you know, going from Cheers and kind of always being sort of the straight man and then getting to the point where he's moved across the country and is in Seattle and back around family and, like, the whole scenario of you meet his brother and his brother is basically him jacked up to 11 and his dad is completely polar opposite and just all of the kind of different interactions you got there. And if they can bring back most of the original cast to come back and play in this and kind of visit and figure out where all of the characters are now in their lives, I think that'll be a very interesting play, but I really want to see kind of what Frazier's been up to and kind of get that idea. So it'll be, it'll be very interesting to kind of see how that goes. So, all right, we are going to go ahead and head to our last break. And when we come back, it is going to be pod Deck's question of the week. Stay tuned. In business, you rarely hear the expression for life. You make a purchase for a product, for a service, and, and there's, a, there's a time frame there. Well, that's not the case with Awaken 180 weight loss. Allow me to explain. You know, a year ago, I started with Awaken 180 weight loss and had incredible success losing weight. But you can lose all the weight in the world and not keep it off. And what good is it? That's why I have support for life from Awaken 180. Yeah. I mean, I go back for check-ins and make sure everything's going smoothly. But if I ever had a problem, the counselors are there to get me back on track. Why don't you do what I did and call for a consultation? 844-346-1800. 844-346-1800. Or go to awaken180weightloss.com. Thanks again for tuning into the Dad DeLorean podcast. If you want to support the program, there's a couple different ways you can do that. If you want to do so monetarily, we are on buymeacoffee.com slash the Dad DeLorean. And on there, you can make a one-time donation, or you can also go ahead and join the Dad DeLorean Covert. It is $3 a month if you want to do it bi-monthly, or if you want to do it on an annual basis, then it is $30 for the year. That gets you early access to know what the episode is going to be about, what we're going to be discussing, as well as a opportunity to join the Dead Lorraine Covert monthly meeting where we get together and really just have fun. We nerd out. We play video games currently on Xbox Live. If it gets to a point where we don't have as many people on Xbox Live, we may switch to something else, maybe a Discord channel, something like that. But regardless, we have fun with it, and that is something that I look forward to every month. So, this week, Poddex question of the week. What would you what did your 15-year-old self imagine you'd be doing right now? Well, I can tell you, he probably wouldn't have thought that I was going to be on a podcast. As far as that goes, that is something, I mean, that's obviously still fairly new to me, but it's funny because I think back on it and I was told multiple times by multiple people when I answered the phones, "Oh, you should go into radio." And I always thought that was kind of a weird thing and yeah. I don't know. Like, I didn't really chase that. I think I would have thought that I was going to be a journalist by this point in time. Uh, I did plan to go to journalism school when I was getting ready for college. And then uh, 
yeah, I just did not wind up going that direction. And so here I am now. But I think that profession in particular has changed so much in just the last decade that it's not what it was when I started out. And I think I had a very different picture of what it would be like than what it is currently. And I, I respect the people who can do that job and who do it well. But I think a lot of emphasis has been to get things out quickly without necessarily getting things right. And there's been a lot of that because we're in the instant age now where if you're not the first person breaking it, nobody's listening to you. So that, I think, is where I thought I would be. Bottom line, I thought I would be somewhere where I was happy and doing things with people that I loved. That is where I am at. That's a really corny answer, but I would have at least gotten that part right. So I just didn't get the actual profession and all of that. So... All right, we are going to go ahead and weave you for this week, but exciting news. This week, because I did not get you an episode last week, you are getting not one, you are getting two episodes this week, because tomorrow I am going to be watched the last episode of Loki, and so I am going to do a special Loki-centric, holy cow, what just happened discussion as quickly as I can get it out, which will probably be Thursday. So... That is kind of the surprise for the week. Thanks for tuning in. Remember, parenting is a complicated profession. Stay safe out there. Take care, my friends. In business, you rarely hear the expression for life. You make a purchase for a product, for a service, and, and there's, a, there's a time frame there. Well, that's not the case with Awaken 180 weight loss. Allow me to explain. You know, a year ago, I started with Awaken 180 weight loss and had incredible success losing weight. But you can lose all the weight in the world and not keep it off. And what good is it? That's why I have support for life from Awaken 180. Yeah. I mean, I go back for check-ins and make sure everything's going smoothly. But if I ever had a problem, the counselors are there to get me back on track. Why don't you do what I did and call for a consultation? 844-346-1800. 844-346-1800. Or go to awaken180weightloss.com.